Hi, friends. Welcome to the Hi Friend Podcast. My name is Sarah, and this is a podcast I started with my best friend, Kaylee, to share our perspectives of navigating the mysterious, exciting, and sometimes daunting journey of being single women in our 30s, living into our dreams, figuring things out as we go, and celebrating the beauty through it all. As life enters a new season for both of us, we hope this will be a space where you get to experience freedom to live the life you were created for and deep joy to delight in the journey along the way. By inviting you to listen in on our conversations, through sharing my stories, and by adding new friends to the mix as well. I'm so excited you're here, and I can't wait to create and live out our most beautiful lives together. Hi, friends. It's me, Sarah. It's been a while. But happy holidays, and it is good to be back with you audibly on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining, and I know it has been two months since I last recorded. I think the last episode went up um, right before my trip to France and Israel, and I had every intention of coming back and recording more episodes and just continuing the conversation around attachment and anxious attachment and the things that I've learned in that journey and even bringing on some other people to interview and chat with around that. And the reality is it just didn't happen. (laughs) I just, I made time for other things. And um, part of why I wanted to hop back on today is to discuss kind of the future direction of this podcast and some of the things that I'm working on and where my focus will be. And so I did really want to kind of close that loop there. And then also I did have more to share around the attachment conversation. And even though that's something that I am, I would say, actively working on in my life and learning more about and working on healing, I I do have things that have helped me in shifting kind of my my growth and my healing in that area. And so, you know, in the the past episodes that I did around that was kind of setting up like what that has looked like vulnerably in my own life and how that's played out in my relationships and um, um, like a specific situation uh, that I've been dealing with and then um, why we get attached to people in the first place and um, sharing some resources around that. And then the next episode being one around the, I guess, meditation or um, visual visualization about letting go of someone and from something that I had posted a while back on my blog. And now I had wanted, I've been wanting to sit down and just kind of brain dump all the different things that have been the most helpful for me in this journey and what I think are the keys to kind of moving in the direction of of healing that anxious attachment side of me. And so I really wanted to share that. And um, I hope that it's helpful for you guys as well. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm here to do today. And it was actually a really great little writing session that I had with myself where I just sat down, I set a timer, I put, put aside all my distractions because this is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. And it's wild once we just make the space for something, how much easier that becomes to be disciplined and how much flows from our brain. I'm just realizing how much I let myself get distracted by so many things in life and how productive we can be when we just put our mind to things. <laughs> so that was um, a helpful work strategy for me to see. And as far as before I like hop into those things and um, go into that list that I wrote down, I'm just trying to think of general updates in general about life. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how much I have to say. I mean, 
my trip, as far as my trip goes, it was it was incredible. It felt like two different um, experiences that I got to have because the first part was my solo trip and the south of France by myself. And um, I just, I love traveling alone so, so much. I wish I had a little bit more time there, specifically in Aix-en-Provence. I have never been so enchanted by a place, I think, before and just fell so in love with it so quickly and had, I think, less than 24, oh, definitely less than 24 hours there, which sounds crazy, but even it's a pretty small little town. So just having several hours to like wander around and explore, I feel like I got a good taste of it. And it just really made me want to go back for more. Um, and I would say one of the the biggest things I took away from the France experience was kind of some furthering the practice of allowing things in my life to unfold as they are and recognizing that resistance to anything is what is causing me is what causes the pain or discomfort in my life. And so for, it's kind of a small example, but I wrote about this on Instagram um, after the trip, but it was around the, the the topic of weather. And I am such like a sunshine, warm person. And even though it was late October that I was there, I kind of was still really hoping for sunny weather being in the south of, south of France specifically. I feel like if you're in Paris or someplace that's a little more like wintry or romantic, um, that sometimes rain or clouds or cold can be really cozy and and romantic and beautiful and all of that. But I was like, no, this is on the beach. I want it to be sunny. I want it to be nice. Everything looks prettier in the sunshine. And the forecast had been rain and clouds every day that I was going to be there. And I kept watching it and just like, I don't know, just praying and hoping that it would change and shift and um, really believing at a deeper level that I would be happier if it was sunny. And as I got there, thankfully it didn't rain the whole time I was there. I did have some, uh, there were some pretty epic rainstorms that I got to duck out of the rain for and uh, be in a little cafe and actually ended up being quite lovely. One night I could not sleep for hours and hours. I don't think I fell asleep till almost four or five in the morning, but that night there was such a huge rainstorm thunder and lightning storm too outside. So like my whole room was lighting up and there was thunder. And so I was like, well, if there's going to be a time to be awake, at least I get to appreciate this. So, but the practice for me was around the realization that at a deep level, I just believed that I would be happier if the sun was out and recognizing it sounds really simple, but that I could just make the choice to be happy as I was. And that it, that was just a thought that I was creating for myself and a belief that I was creating around weather or whatnot. And and so, yeah, I just chose to think different thoughts and to accept what was and realize that I couldn't do anything to change the weather and I would rather enjoy my time. Not that I, I mean, it wasn't causing a miserable experience overall. It was just a slight, things could be better if it was sunny belief. And I just spent time being intentional about shifting that and believing that I could be happy just as I was with the clouds and all. So that was really helpful. And then I tried to take that into that same practice into when I went to Israel, the airline lost my bag. They didn't lose it. They left it behind. And it was unclear as to when I would get it. And, you know, just frustrated navigating in a foreign country, like trying to speak with different airlines. And we were hopping around to different hotels. And, you know, the first I'd say I did well with (laughs) navigating that experience the first day or two um, and really being able to surrender it and let it go and just 
be grateful for the things that I did have in that instance, which were people helping me and people offering me their stuff. And, you know, the I did have my makeup and my toiletries with me, which I was really grateful for. Um, but yeah, then it got to a point where it was just, I didn't know when I was going to get my bag. It was difficult having to figure out um, how I was going to buy new stuff because I had to, you know, just buy a few things to get me through. And so on and on, long story short, it was another good lesson in just surrendering to what is and realizing, you know, if there's something that you can change about the given situation, then change it. If there's not, then you can't. So there's no point in adding excess stress or anger or frustration towards what you're going through. So um, you might as well just lean in and be present and focus on gratitude and on the perspectives that you can choose. And so, yeah, so that was really helpful. And then, um, I mean, I had a lot of kind of spiritual discoveries or moments throughout my my time in Israel, which I probably won't get into on this episode. Um, I'd love to talk to you about it in person if I know you or if you want to reach out. But um, yeah, I'm still, I'm very glad I went on that trip and it was really fascinating to see a different part of the world that I've never seen before, um, being the Middle East. And I would love to go back and explore different areas. And, um, I, I'm a big fan of ancient history meeting modern times. So I, I studied abroad in Rome in college. And so I love the, like learning about these ancient civilizations that founded so much of, um, what we see life today, but also, <laughs> just realizing how far we've come since those times and how horrifying and um, just archaic certain practices and um, ways of life were. and um, But then also how some of those patterns and systems are still being played out today and um, the violence and the um, tension between cultures and religions and countries. And um, yeah, kind of just really asking some of the deep, heavy questions of what do I, you know, what do our, what does my faith ask of me as far as furthering peace and healing in the world and um, what do I believe Jesus would speak into the current (laughs) culture that is going on um, over in Israel and Palestine and um, the Middle East and um, yeah so lots of lots of big deep diving questions but really good and that was just a very different experience because it was more of a tour so it wasn't you know the solo adventuring experience, um, which I knew, and I, I wanted that to be the case in a lot of ways because I, I needed someone I to, catch that. oops, was not talking to you, Siri. Um, so I just am not used to like that format of a trip where you're on a more of a regimented schedule and, you know, going kind of like your days are pretty full. Um, but we did have, um, time to explore and I really love Jerusalem and Israel's um, really beautiful in a lot of in a lot of areas so um, yeah that was that and then kind of just coasting through the holidays I can't believe it's almost the end of the year I'm really really excited for 2020 and just feel like there's a lot of things that are awakening in me and a lot of other people that I know that I'm close to and um, I personally love the collective anticipated anticipated build to the end of a year and the forced like I don't know excuse to look back and reflect on not only this past year but someone just mentioned that they just did like a decade review for themselves and I was like whoa that's wild to think that yeah I could like you know think back to what have I done over the last 10 years what have I learned what am I going to take forward into the next decade and I know people kind of are 
you'll hear the flip side of like, well, every moment's a moment to start fresh and to start over. And um, yeah, absolutely. That's true. But I think we don't always necessarily think in those terms or have um, an outside excuse to stop and reflect and think back. And sometimes the construct of time and certain dates and milestones really help us do that um, in a more organized way. So if you don't have a practice for the end of your year, I would definitely recommend, you know, setting aside some time and just asking some some reflective questions about what you, what you thought you did well this last year, what you're what you like to do better or do differently in the next year, what you, would your dream year look like? And what are steps you can take towards those directions and um yeah, I always love going over. I think I've talked about this on the podca- podcast before, but I have a, a journaling practice. Um, I call it my joy treasure chest. And I write down my favorite moments or memories from every single day. And so have going, this will be my second year doing that for the whole entire year. And last year on New Year's Eve, I went through and read every single one. And then I kind of pulled apart pulled out my absolute favorite moments from the year from that and the the key highlights. And it's just such a, I don't know, it's just a really special practice to me. And it feels just really nice to kind of get um, like a highlight reel look at (laughs) at your year and then um, bring all those memories to the forefront and, and just kind of get a sit in them for a bit and think about how lovely life gets to be and what a gift it is to be alive and the people we get to share it with and um, how that shapes how we want to spend our next year because you start to recognize patterns of the things that you write down over and over and over again. (laughs) I think I always wrote about when I got my nails done and um, obviously any travels and then times with specific people in my life that um, I just really enjoy their presence and our time together. And so, yeah, would highly recommend that practice. And yeah, I don't, I don't think I have much else to add, at least that I prepared ahead of time. Um, but I, I did want to get into, um, kind of just what I've learned as far as around the topic of attachment. And is that, is that has been a pain point that has really resurfaced in a lot of areas in my life. Um, I felt very, um, devoted or dedicated to getting to the root of it and wanting to heal that in myself and believing that I can help others do that as well if that's something that they struggle with because I do know it's not just me <laughs> who I've talked to that has had this in their lives and um yeah as I've said before I think the the more traditional belief around a- attachment theory being that to become a securely attached person, you need to get in relationship with someone who is already secure and how that didn't really sit super well with me because I wanted to believe that I could be secure on my own and in I could be the secure one in a relationship. Um, and yeah, believing that anything, anytime that there's something off in my life, that it's just an invitation into greater healing. And so it, um, and I know too that I've been able to exhibit secure attachments and secure relationships in the past. And so um, more so just even approaching it from like a scientific matter of like, okay, well, what are the ways that I can, I can consciously affect this on my own? And how am I not just at the mercy of being in relationship with another certain type of person? So um, for that to be, to equal my healing is what I mean by that. Um, So with that, I came up with about eight things 
come on, point up. As far as what I have gathered or learned about um, anxious attachment through my own story and kind of um, what I believe it is pointed out in me and then the ways that I have approached healing that and then moving in a direction of towards secure, a more secure attachment style and the things that have already really worked for me and that I also want to commit to um, con- continue practicing so that I can keep moving in that direction because I do feel like they're working and I have noticed differences in myself in this. And so I wanted to share those with you guys for anyone who this might resonate with. So for starters, I just said this, but um, at a core level, so number one, to me, the fact that I was experiencing any anxiousness in my relationships. Um, it wasn't just this one relationship with a guy. Um, I notice it sometimes in girl friendships, um, or I have noticed it in other guy friendships or guy relationships as well, uh, or romantic relationships, I guess I should say, is that anytime that there's something that is off, um, that is an invitation to bring me into greater healing. So there's something inside of me that is that is off, that is needing to be uh, reconciled or healed. And so I, I get to be grateful for those opportunities and those mirrors in my life that point me in the direction of greater healing. So um, kind of just a, a general awareness of that and using that as a trigger to move, um, to start to uncover what it is in me that needs that healing and um, that, that I'm trying to achieve out of, of those relationships. And so, um, so number two for that is that the concept that we look to relationships to heal the parts of ourselves that didn't get seen or acknowledged as a child and that they are a representation of, um, the love or acceptance that we, we didn't get in some way. And that can come from all different things. Of, Of course, a lot of times that can be from parent figures and um, I'm not I'm specifically not calling out any specific stuff with my family or my past because you know number one like there's so much goodness there and um, I also don't fault anyone in my family for anything and I want I feel protective of those relationships and um, not necessarily sh- sharing all that content here but um, in general that's pretty proven science and psychology around um, the fact that our earliest attachment figures which are for the most part are um, our parents um, are what distinct or determines our attachment styles later in life. And so um, when we like, for example, let's say that there's something a parent when we were little didn't acknowledge us or um, wasn't very emotionally available to us or whatnot. And uh, we really wanted that connection with them um, to grow and to develop. And so when we're older and we choose someone who's emotionally unavailable, the con- the idea is that our hope is that by that person choosing us, we get to heal the part of ourself that didn't receive that when we were little. So we think that, you know, if this guy who is somewhat interested in me, but not really, and kind of, you know, doesn't, isn't great with communicating or isn't pursuing me or whatnot, like if we could just win them over, if we could get their attention, if we could get their affection, their love, um, that that would validate the part in us that didn't feel seen or acknowledged as a child. So, um, Obviously, we can objectively look at that and realize that that is not going to work and um, that there is something deeper that needs to be healed in us um, that another human cannot just solve for us on our own. 
And so number three is then, okay, so if we acknowledge or if we realize that there's something inside of me, um, my inner child that needs healing and there needs to be work to be done, then how do we go about that? So what that has looked like for me is learning how to heal and reparent the inner child in me. And again, I, I really want to um, just make this clear. Like, um, I think a lot of people assume that when there's any sort of pain or, um, you know, like you experience whatever it is, like not, you're not having peace in your relationships later in life or, um, things are not healthy or whatnot, that, um, the only cause of that could be from like a, they call it like big T trauma. So something that's noticeably was off, like whether it's like neglect or abuse or whatnot in your, in your childhood. Like, I think a lot of people know like, well, of course that's going to cause problems later in life. And I didn't have any of those things. Like I had a very relatively healthy (laughs) upbringing and childhood. Um, and it can just be even the smallest little things that could be off, which it has more to do with the way that my emotions interpreted those as a child, when you don't have tools for coping with things or explaining the world around you. And so I'd say that's almost every human that has that. So I, you know, I'm not coming from like this victim mentality or saying that things are really off. It's, it's, it's more so to validate the fact that all of us probably have things that we are acting out from our um, childhood and from our past relationships that unless we consciously um, are intentional about taking a step back and and questioning why we behave the way we do or why we're feeling um, any pain in relationships or, or whatnot, um, then we're not going to get to the bottom of why those need healing. And so, and I, you know, for starters too, is having like so much compassion for the people who raised us and our parents and, and understanding that they are doing the best they can with what they have and that, that they're also living out their own cycles of trauma. And, you know, again, that word feels very like heavy or deep, but it's really just anytime I've heard it defined as anytime something happened to you that you weren't prepared for, um, which could be so many things. And also each person in, you know, interprets situations or relationships in such different ways. So one child experiencing like a parent not very present or um, someone getting mad at them for a certain thing, it could have no effect on them. Whereas another child that could have really altered the way that they view themselves or, or whatnot. So, um, so for me, it was doing, um, you know, some subconscious work. So that's, um, I've done like RTT therapy, which is rapid transformational therapy and, um, doing, uh, Lacey Phillips work in from to be magnetic, um, and being in the pathway. And she has these things called DREs, which are, oh my gosh, I actually don't daily reimagining exercises, I think what it is. And so they're kind of like guided meditations, guided hypnosis that get you a little bit deeper in your subconscious and kind of help um, rewire your brain essentially is what it's trying to do. So our body and our minds store everything that has ever happened to us. Um, but of course, we're not conscious of those things at all times because we would go insane. But we have such amazing tools to be able to get to those things underneath the surface and um, usually it's with, you know, the help of a professional, of someone, a therapist or someone guiding you through. And um, and then once you can tap into or bring to the surface these moments or, or experiences or relationships or whatnot that have shaped certain behaviors of our current day-to-day life, um, then you can begin to heal them and rewire the pathways in your brain literally by, you know, doing 
um, focused meditative work on revisualizing your childhood and what would have been an ideal situation for you or imagining your perfect quote unquote, of course, there's no such thing, but like the parents that you needed when you were little that you didn't have, or what, what would be the ways that you wished in the moments you weren't responded to in a way that you, you wish you could have been, um, what would that have looked like instead? Um, EMDR is another form of therapy that is really helpful as far as that's like either the tapping or, um, watching someone's finger move back and forth while walking you through, um, different scenarios or, um, past circumstances or past situations that you've experienced or trauma or whatnot, um, and then allowing your brain to um, rewire around healing. And so, um, yeah, so those are some of the things that I do to kind of um, to heal the inner child, I guess, and to give young Sarah what she needed to be the most magnetic, most um, whole, healthy version of myself. And of course, this is still very much a work in progress. Um, and then the ways that I reparent myself, um, again, I'm not bashing my parents. They did a great job in so many ways. I love them, but, um, I'm not going to keep qualifying that because I, yeah, I think you guys get it, but I do just want to make, make that clear and understand too, that whenever anyone talks to me or, um, I hear people talk about their parents or relationships that, um, it doesn't necessarily mean I don't like look to those people and be like, wow, what a horrible person, unless they were intentionally causing harm or, or whatnot. But um, just recognizing, yeah, that we're all trying to figure this out and trying to do the best we can with what we have. And so, um, yeah, it's just good to be reminded of that. But some ways that you can actively reparent yourself is things like um, validating my feelings when I have them. So if I, you know, I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed or angry or whatnot of, um, instead of shaming myself for emotions that I might have, which could be the voice of a parent, um, that I'm used to, or even a friend or something like that, that I've been told, like, it's not okay to feel anger. It's not okay to express that or, um, just, you know, buck up or relax, or it's not that big of a deal. And so learning how to validate my own experience and say things like, you know, of course you'd be overwhelmed in this situation. Here's why this is a lot right now. Or um, just being able to comfort myself when I need it and find ways to give myself the the space that I need. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really the concept of like, how would you, how would you speak to a loving partner or a loved partner of yours or a friend or whatnot when they're going through something. So, you know, reminding myself to take really deep breaths. Like there was a day I wasn't even in a bad mood. I just like, I could tell that I was overstimulated. Like I kind of was jumping from one thing to the next and I was on my phone too much, like just too much outside stimulation. And I needed to just get in my car and I needed to do what I call square breathing, where you like breathe in for four counts or five counts, hold it for five out for five, hold for five and repeat. And I just did that for like a few minutes and I, it helped so much, like just to center myself and to ground myself and to not feel like my brain was going in a million directions. And so even just little things like that, like just, I don't know, I need to go to bed early tonight or what's something that sounds lovely for me to do this evening or to watch or to eat or, um, and then also too, another way that's really helpful uh, with reparenting and um, with trusting ourselves is by number one by setting boundaries and sticking with them, and so that's really important to protect our 
our wholeness in our in our own inner lives and our own space is to create boundaries when we need them and to communicate those clearly with others and to follow through on them as well. So if you if you know that you need a night off, for instance, and someone calls up and says like, hey, I'd really love to get together, blah, blah, blah. And like you kind of feel like you should see them or whatnot. Um, you know, it's it's sticking with the plan that you had. Like, no, I know I need this space right now. And I, I set this aside for myself and then seeing where else can you meet them in another point um and if that works for them and um so yeah i think keeping boundaries and then uh, th- this goes hand in hand with honoring the commitments that you've made to yourself and sticking with those and so little things like something that you a morning routine that you want to do or if you said that you want to get one thing done that day and it's around like a work goal of yours or whatnot and by staying in integrity and following through on that and doing that, that is a way that we show up for ourselves and that we can regain trust with ourselves and believe that we are uh, of wor- worthy of other people's commitments as well. Because if we constantly break our promises to ourselves, then it sends the signal that we, that other people are going to do that to us too. So that's been something that's been really helpful um, and healing for me as well. And then for number, oh, and then back to the, so with the reparenting and the, and the healing the inner child. So when we're young, we don't have the tools or the skills to realize that we are completely and fully whole on our own and worthy of all the love in the world. That's how we came into this life and we are here for a purpose and we are here um, out of love and, and all of that and have so much inherent and in, internal worth. And we might have had that communicated to us either through a faith tradition or to our through our parents, but it can be really hard to grasp. Um, you know, from a very young age, we literally need our caretakers to survive. Like we need them, um, and so we learn coping tools to be able to stay within their good graces and to um, not disrupt the family system and and all of that to be able to. Um, survive into and to thrive and it isn't till we're older that we can um, and especially once we're on we're on our own that we realize you know it's a lovely thing to have a family and to have other people but we don't need anybody else at a deep core spiritual level like we can be fully whole on our on our own and so for me um, it has been so monumentally helpful to um, know and then integrate the belief that I am fully okay and I'm fully worthy of love and um, whole on my own um, without needing validation from anybody else. So uh, I don't need that from my parents. I don't need that from a partner or friends or whatnot. And um, I think relationships, of course, can be very healing and and can point us in the direction when they're done in a healthy way um, of experience, like getting experiences of that, of that divine love and wholeness on earth. But um, at its core, we we really don't need those things. We can be fully okay um, just by ourselves. So um, really practicing that belief and meditating on that and focusing on that has been such a source of, of comfort and peace and healing for me. Um, that has been really helpful. So um, number four would be finding and focusing on other secure relationships in my life. So I think I mentioned this before about... Um, 
just the model that some of my girl friendships have been for me in this area, um, specifically two friends I can think of, um, I believe I've talked about, but uh, my friends Kelsey and my friends Jesse, who, you know, we both have such different relationships, or I have such different relationships with either of them, um, but both of them are just these very beautiful, secure <laughs> um, places of belonging and of of just peace and comfort and reassurance and um, just are so life-giving to me. And anytime that I might be feeling insecure about an attachment with someone else or anxious, um, if I need an earthly example of this where I can point to a time in my life where I have been unconditionally um, loved and chosen and accepted, I can think of these relationships and they show up in my life in such beautiful ways. And I have it with other people and and family too, for sure. Um, and even, you know, even past romantic relationships, because again, not all my relationships have been, um, anxiously attached. And I, I can absolutely have, um, recollections of really beautiful moments of secure attachments in my past relationships, um, dating and whatnot. And so I think just reminding myself of those, um, can be really helpful to remember that number one, I'm capable of being a secure person and having a secure relationship and I'm worthy of those relationships. And also I know what it feels like to be in one. And so that is what I, I want ultimately and what I'm looking for in future partnerships and relationships as well. And number five, um, would be to find expander couples who show you what you want and, that a relationship like that is possible. Um, and to define the term expander, it's just someone that expands our mind's ability to grasp what is possible for us. And and so something that's been really helpful for me is noting and even like writing down different couples, whether they are people that I know in real life or celebrity couples <laughs> that have relationships that mirror what I would like someday. And of course, I don't know all the nuances of their relationships, but um, it's the ones that I can tell, as far as I can tell, are very authentic and are filled with so much love and are life-giving and especially the people I know personally and um, that can relay their experiences of how beautiful that relationship has been for them. And and so I, yeah, I have a list of, <laughs> of, of couples I know in real life and celebrities or influencers or whatever people I follow on Instagram who are these um, just pictures of what I'm of what I'd love to have someday and um, that that just embody whether it's a secure relationship or a dynamic that I'm really uh, that I hope to have as well Um, yeah the concept being that like we have mirror neurons in our brain that need to see it's basically like seeing is believing so when we see that it's possible then we can know in our souls that it is possible as well to um that if someone else can have it out there then that means that it's available for me as well um so that's been really helpful and and then number seven is or sorry number six (laughs) is to write out my partner list and get clear on what i'm looking for and then find expanders who embody these qualities. And so I personally, and I think like this is was an interesting realization for me, or it was an unconventional step for me to take because in my mind, I, or for my, from my journey currently, I am not looking to call in a partner at this time in my life. Um, I'm not super interested in dating. Um, 
I I want to say that I like it, I'm open to that being a possibility if something shifts in my heart. But um, I've even like recently had an experience where I it just was confirmed that this just doesn't feel like the right time for me to be dating someone energetically, emotionally, time wise. I just I don't have the space um, to give to that, and so I haven't really been putting a lot of mental or emotional thought into um, I guess you would say manifesting a partner. That sounds like like manifesting them out of thin air. I just mean like I'm not putting intentionality behind trying to bring about a relationship in my life. I'm really focused on some other things that I would like to um, reserve my energy and my my time for. And so with that, I like ha- recently haven't really taken the time to like write down all the qualities that I'm looking for in a partner, for instance, or um, to, you know, like make space for that in my life. And but then I had the thought that it would actually be very helpful and beneficial for me to sit down and intentionally write out a list of of qualities and characteristics, even though I've done this in the past, but just, you know, we all change. I've changed, I feel like in the past couple of years. And so um, re-editing that list and making a new one to remind myself what it is that I'm I'm really looking for in a partner so that I can stay focused on that and I think what's been helpful about doing that is that it you know when I'm not very I think I can really romanticize and elevate a person who may not be right for me and um, kind of make excuses for things or get very idealistic or daydreamy about, well, what if, you know, if these things changed about them, then they would be the perfect partner. And um, like just getting my heart really set on like a specific individual. And um, obviously the crazy making behind that is like, well, they're not choosing me and that's not moving in that direction. And I don't want anybody to change that isn't ready for change on their own. And I want it to happen naturally and organically and for it to just be this great fit rather than me trying to force something that that really isn't there. And so it allows me to kind of remove that person from a pedestal that I've placed there and get real about what I actually want in a partnership and um, what that will be like when it comes along and how I'll be able to recognize it. And so I would recommend, you know, if you're having a hard time letting go of someone um, and or romanticizing someone or really elevating a person and believing that they're like, whether it's an ex or someone that you haven't been able to date or like are pining after or whatever it might be um, to as a step to letting that go of like, writing out what it is that you want in a relationship and um, the qualities about a partner. I mean, literally can be anything um, because I believe in our souls, we know what it is that we're looking for and um, to get like to dive even deeper on each individual point. So it's like, if you say that you want someone, let's just use kind of a dumb example, but like, let's say you want someone who's famous. (laughs) That's obviously very superficial, but like then being like, well, is that just my ego? Or like, why is it that what is it that I really want about that quality? And if you like drill it down, you realize maybe you're looking for someone who's really um, like valued and acknowledged in society or someone who's doing impactful work and is being recognized for it. And it has less to do with the celebrity part of it and more to do with their character and and the work that they're doing in the world. So um, yeah, I think it's a a really helpful and fun practice to, to sit and think about all the things, all the favorite qualities you've experienced with past relationships, with friendships, um, the things that you ideally would love to have there, um, and to get really clear on that. Um, and then too, and, um, thinking about how you want to feel in a relationship. And this is super important because it's not just these qualities of like 
putting it all like, oh, this person needs to come packaged with all these qualities that I've um, assigned to them and that they're just going to show up and everything is going to be great. But it's recognizing like, well, how will those things make you feel? How do you want to feel in a relationship with someone um, rather than just like hoping that there's this person out there that's going to meet all your quote unquote needs. But, you know, is this going to make you feel safe and cherished and at ease and peaceful and excited and challenged or whatever it might be. And um, one way I just want to share this story because I feel like it's really cool that this has shown up in my own life is that I so often get dreams gifted to me um, by God, by universe, the universe, whatever, of relationships um and specifically it's in the form of a person of the person that I've been attached to but they have the qualities that I'm looking for in the future partner and I don't take that as like a prophetic like oh it's going to be this person or whatnot um and sometimes it's other people too but I get to experience in my dreams what it feels like to be um in this really healthy beautiful secure relationship and um what it feels like to be desired and pursued and comfortable and proud of them and excited to be with them and passionate and like all these things. And so some days I wake up and it can be tough because it's hard to like disassociate that with a certain person. Um, but ultimately, like so many times I wake up and I just feel I like am just smiling and beaming and like trying to hold on to that feeling because I'm like, yes, what a gift to get to be reminded of how I want to feel in a relationship with someone. And um and yeah, I'd say write like to journal those things out and write them down so you don't forget. And I believe that, you know, if you have those desires deep within you, that they're there for a reason and they're meant to be fulfilled. So don't let go of those. And along those same lines of like the last point about finding couple expanders, um, I think it can be also helpful not just to write out your list um, in order to like loosen up the attachment to someone um, or to get unstuck from a certain person, but it can be finding specific individuals that embody those characteristics as um, as individual expanders of someone that you want to be with. So for me personally, <laughs> I'll just be really transparent. There's a, um, a, a guy that I follow on Instagram um, and I also just started listening to his podcast. So on Instagram, he's Create the Love, and his name is Mark Groves. Um, and he has a podcast called the Mark Groves Podcast. And if you aren't familiar with him, highly, highly recommend listening, following. Um, I just feel like every man and woman should be consuming his content and especially his podcast and the interviews that he does. And I've just been kind of binging it the last uh, the last week or so. And the thing that it has done for me, um, I am not saying, I'm not declaring my love for Mark Groves individually, but it has been super expansive for me and hopeful to see the type of man that he is and that he here this he's a person who is doing the work, quote unquote, he's showing up to his life, he's present, he's like spiritual and deep and interested in relationships and interested in improving himself and um a go-getter, like all these things, you know? And I think sometimes as females, what I've experienced in my own life and experienced through other single friends and single communities that I'm a part of is kind of the feeling that women are the ones that tend to be a little bit more focused. I'm obviously generalizing, but on like self-growth and self-improvement and really handling a lot of things. And um, I think emotional 
attunement um, or like matters of the heart are probably of more interest to women or we've had, no, to be fair, I'd say we've been given more permission and space to explore those and to express them outwardly um, than men have. And so understandably, it's just, I'd say that we, as females, we kind of are more advanced in that area. Um at least for me that I've seen in my life, the people I know and compared to the men in my life that I know. And there's, I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but I also do know some amazing men, um, specifically ones that are married, that are close friends of mine and people like Mark and other people in the like personal growth, personal development space. And so it's just really helpful for me to hold on to those, those tangible reminders of people who are, um, are embodying a lot of the qualities that I'm looking for in a partner. And so, um, yeah, it just gives me hope, um, that they exist and gets me out of the lie or belief that, you know, there's, there's no men out there that are interested in the same things as me or that are, you know, interested in working on themselves or going to therapy or whatever it might be, um, that I've said in the past. And so that's been really helpful for me. Okay. Almost, almost done. Um, it, Oh, I guess I, let's see. Yeah. So I, I already included this, but seven was supposed to be, how do I want to feel in a relationship? So I covered that with the whole, like, you know, there's the list of things we want, but then how focusing on how we want to feel is really important and writing those things down. And that was the example of my dreams. Um, and then lastly, this is number eight. And it's my favorite part is to remind myself what I am worthy of. And I'm going to go ahead and quote my new favorite person, Mark Groves, on this. And I, I don't know the exact quote, but he said something that really struck me in one of his podcasts. Um, I don't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but I literally would recommend every episode I've listened to so far. Um, but it was something along the lines of, what does it say about the person who chose to be with a narcissist um, about the type of person that they are, basically? And kind of like what that does is like taking the blame off of other people and putting the responsibility on on ourselves. And I'm not um, excusing poor behavior or, um, you know, we can forget the narcissist example if that's, um, I don't know, frustrating for people to think of or that they really do feel like they've been conned into certain (laughs) relationships or or whatnot. Um, But whether it's like, you know, let's use the example of an emotionally unavailable person, which is probably more my story. So instead of allowing myself to feel like a victim or being like, why can I only find men who are emotionally unavailable or don't want to commit or are untruthful or whatever it might be, um, instead of putting that on them and being frustrated with that, it's turning the mirror around and taking responsibility for what role am I playing in that? Why, why is it that I seem to be drawn to these type of men or, um, these type of people. And it kind of loops back to point number one of, you know, if there's anything in our lives that is off, um, that it, that is like a, an indicator that there's something going on inside that we need to address. And so for me, that has been eye-opening to be like, okay, for what, so what that tells me is that, Basically, by choosing an emotionally unavailable person or a person who isn't actively choosing me back, it's because on some level, I don't believe that I am worthy of someone who is 100% all in, who loves me, who adores me, um, who 
wants to win, who wants to pursue me and, um, and all of that. And if I was like, if I believe that I was worthy of that type of a relationship, then I would drop the idea of winning over this person in a heartbeat. Like that wouldn't even be an issue to me. I would just move on and I'd be like, Oh, you don't want to be with me. Great. That answers that. And I'm going to find someone who does want to be with me. Clearly that's not (laughs) what I've done in the past. It's not what other people do. It's like the, yeah, it's like what all of our friends want to shake us and say to us when we keep like going after these people who we think are not worthy of them. Um, but on some level, we believe that that's what we must be worthy of, or we're really wanting the attention of a specific person or to win that person over or whatnot. Um, and it's, it's almost like a way of trying to, um, what's the word? Like, heal an insecurity in, in us and to prove that we are worthy of, of this person. Um, and so that's then something that I've realized, like, okay, even though I'd like to say that I'm a very secure person, I'm confident in who I am. I know that I'm worthy of good things. Um, that must not be true on every single level because of X, Y, and Z. And so now how can I work on believing that I am 100% worthy of a beautiful, committed, equal, loving and fun partnership um and that I'm not willing to settle for anything less than that and so that is what I'm working on (laughs) and um you know I think there's lots of ways to do that but again it's kind of like visualizing the highest version of yourself and knowing picturing the life that you want and the people who will complement that life and um and just knowing our deep inherent internal worth um and that we're worthy of being healed and of going after things that are lovely and beautiful and good for us. And so that is what I'm, I'm working on and focusing on. So I hope that these things were, were helpful. I hope that you know and believe at the deepest level of who you are, that you are worthy of such beautiful and good things and good relationships and that you don't have to convince anybody to want to be with you. Um, and that there, if you do desire partnership, um, that there is someone out there for you and that, um, yeah, you guys will find each other when the time is right in both of your lives. So that is my bow on top of my attachment series for now. (laughs) And I'm just going to end with that. And then I'm also just, uh, I wanted to share, um, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, kind of the direction of where I see this, this space going for me and the other things that I'm working on. And, um, I, as much as I wanted to come on and say like, I've missed this space and I missed talking in this area or in this, um, channel. Um, I, I kind of haven't, and there's, I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's so important to listen to the things that, um, the preferences and the desires that we have inside of us. And the reality is, is that I am trying to build things and figure out, get to the root of, um, you know, the type of work I want to be doing in the world. And as much as I would love to be sharing content in all different avenues, and I think even on like a professional marketing level, like I think podcasts are probably more (laughs) of a good idea than writing or blogging, but I just really feel called to write at the time and to, um, stay focused on my blog over at glitter and grace and on my Instagram, which is at the same name. And I just don't have the space to do all of it right now as much as I, you know, my dream would be to not be doing solo episodes all the time. I would love to be interviewing people and having conversations and, um, and all that. So, um, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not shutting down the podcast. I'm not saying that this is going away. I'm just saying that for now, this will not be, I will not be continuing posting episodes, um, for the, the foreseeable future for now, but I would love to pick this back up again. Um, you know, if I get inspired and, um, have the space to, to conduct more interviews and to have more conversations or to hop on here, then I absolutely will. But, I'd prefer not to say that this is going to be a consistent place of content coming out. Clearly, it already has not been um, and focus my efforts elsewhere. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, um, I'm over at Glitter and Grace and that is where my blog is as well. And so I would love to be to keep putting out content around um, kind of embracing the single season of life and uh, what it looks like to be fully anchored and whole in that in that space and, um, the benefits that come from embracing that rather than resisting it or always kind of hoping that a partner is on the way or that that's coming. Um, and I also, with that, the message is not like that you're need to be okay with being single forever. I, that is not my dream for myself. I want to be in a really long-term partnership at some point, but, um, it has just been so beautiful and helpful and life-giving to arrive in a space where I'm just fully okay where I am and with whatever relationship status that is. And it's just, it's something I feel really called to share with other people and how I got to that place and what that looks like on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So that's kind of the content that I'm hoping to put out in those places. And, um, I so appreciate anyone who tunes into this podcast. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be, (laughs) super self-deprecating or down to myself, but I don't think that this area is one of my strong suits and more so just that I don't have the capacity to put my all into it. And I, I would rather do some things well than lots of things mediocre. So with that, um, oh, I will, you know, I'm going to say this here so that I can keep myself accountable to it. But one of the things I'd love to put together by the end of the year on my blog is kind of a a self-growth resource guide as far as an accumulation of all the different places that I've, uh, whether it's books, podcasts, people I follow. Um, yeah, I guess that kind of covers it, but all things that have been really instrumental in my growth and, um, based off of different categories and whatnot. And so I've been meaning to like just organize all that in one place and have it live somewhere. So, um, check back by in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully that will be over on glitterandgrace.com. Um, and in the meantime, since you, this podcast will be <laughs> not a, a consistent one, I wanted to share some of my favorite um, podcasts that I would highly recommend that I've been listening to a lot and that have been the most helpful to me. So obviously, um, main star of today's show has been the Mark Groves podcast. Um, yeah, that's just my current binging one. Um, I also love the expanded podcast with Lacey Phillips. Um, that has so many great interviews on it. Still a huge fan of a single serving podcast by Shaney Silver and the work that she's doing and the community that she's built over there. Um, my friends, Jesse and Gerard have a marriage is funny podcast, which is, um, geared towards couples and relationships, but I also get a lot of, out of it by listening to. So it's not just for couples, but if you're married and are wanting, um, community there, um, I would recommend that. And if you're, well, I always love the liturgist podcast too. If you're into spiritual stuff and, um, kind of from all different angles, it's, um, definitely not a Christian podcast. There's like all different viewpoints represented. Um, but it feels like to me a very beautiful and helpful conversations to be had, um, around that's just very inclusive of all walks of life and spirituality. Um, 
the Unfuck Your Brain podcast by Carl Lowenthal, all about thought work. That is it's just like a very practical, very great podcast. And then lastly, um, The Lively Show, which um, Jess Lively has yeah, her podcast was on a hiatus for a while and then she came back and um, just a heads up, it is like super, super out there kind of in woo woo if you're not into some of this stuff, but she's been doing some of her own channeling and um, doing interviews with other people who are channeling kind of like other entities and um, it's fascinating and it's been really, really comforting to me. Um, specifically episode 310, um, I have probably listened to that one I'd say between 10 and 15 times easily. Like I go back and re-listen to that all the time. I listen to it if I need to calm down or if I need a pep talk. Um, It's the second half of the episode. It's when she gets to the actual like channeling part. But um, yeah, give it a try. (laughs) Let me know what you think. (laughs) But that kind of ranges like all the, just a huge range of podcasts that you can listen to. Everything from really practical thought work advice to relationship advice to um, really out there spiritual stuff. So those are just some things that I've been loving that I've been listening to. And I hope you enjoy them too. So thank you again, guys, so much for being here. I am not going to say goodbye forever. I hope that um, we'll continue to make this a space that is um, geared towards pushing people in a direction of living their most beautiful lives and finding joy and finding healing. And um, yeah, I'm just going to focus on some other mediums for that in the time being. But grateful for you all. And I hope you have a most wonderful holiday season and just the most beautiful ending to 2019 and a really exciting and um, hope-filled and peaceful start to 2020. So yeah, love you guys. Happy New Year and I'll see you around. Bye.